Hello, hello. This is Dr. Jason K. Lee, clinical immunologist and allergist, practicing in Toronto, Ontario. This is my first foray into podcasts, and I thought I'd start off very light. In my specialty, I see a lot of patients with allergic rhinitis, which means allergies of the nose. This is often accompanied by allergies in the eyes and can sometimes lead to asthma. For this very first podcast, I'll talk about some of the things that you can do at home, sort of these what we call non-pharmacologic therapies, as well as over-the-counter therapies, things you can buy at the pharmacy and help treat your own allergies. Now, it should be mentioned that most of these are symptomatic treatments and that they don't actually help you get rid of or treat the underlying cause, but for some people, this can be all you need to get through the allergy season. In fact, when I look at uh, different guidelines published around the world, we see that for a select uh, small number of patients, they may, be get, uh, they may be able to get away with some of these non-pharmacologic therapies only. So, let's begin. We start with lifestyle modification or environmental control. So, this may mean that trying to keep your windows closed in the summer if you're allergic to grass, or keeping your windows shut and other parts of the seasons where you have the most symptoms. Fairly easy to do. For your car, you can try to make sure that you've got a good filtration system for the air intake to try to limit your exposure as well. Other things that we can do are wearing sunglasses when you go outside. The better the wraparound it is, it might limit some of the exposure to your eyes. Now the eye is actually connected to the nose by something called a nasal lacrimal duct and by limiting exposure to your eyes which is continuously uh, bombarded with allergens you can limit some of the exposure that ends up in your nose as well. Of course you inhale a lot more through your nose. Now if we look at other therapies we can do, if you go take a trip to your local pharmacy you can find that there's things like nose rinses, all sorts of saline sprays so on and so forth. Now the two big companies in this area are Hydrosense and Neomed Sinus Rinse. Both of these work very similarly. If you're looking to purchase one, what I would recommend is not getting the pre-filled ones that are in the canisters or pressurized devices. These are very limited and you'll get maybe one use out of each bottle, which is not ideal nor is it very environmentally friendly. I also find that the pressure of the jet of the water is too um, it's almost painful or uncomfortable to get any good use out of. What you actually want to aim for is high volume irrigation. And several studies, including the Cochrane Review, have looked into this. They found that the more hypertonic the solution is, provided you can tolerate the hypertonic, they do come available in the hypertonic uh, solutions, the better it is at uh, treating symptoms, particularly if it's from an infection. Now, I use this myself uh, when I have sinus infections and other nasal infections as well. This can be a great source to just try to debulk and clean up all that gunk in there. Again, I typically use uh, two salt packets or the hypertonics uh, packet for myself. And you got to remember that when you do this, you got to use clean water. You can purchase most uh, distilled or sterile water at uh, different supermarkets, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a pharmacy. 
Some people like boiling the water themselves and cooling it down, but that's kind of labor intensive. Now, the reason why you want to use clean water is that every now and then you will run into uh, some case of someone getting some weird amoeba that goes in the brain uh, that can be from any like weird tap water source. Although tap water is generally clean, this is a very rare complication that can arise and you definitely don't want to deal with it because it's kind of rare and hard to diagnose. And if you're unfortunate and do get one of these, it is pretty much devastating to say the least. Uh, by the time it's diagnosed, it's often hard to do anything about it. Now at the pharmacy, you'll also see antihistamines, cold remedies, and nose sprays. There's two types of nose sprays you'll see. Let's start with some of the cold remedies. A lot of people have a hard time telling if it's a cold or an allergy. So an allergy typically has a very distinct pattern. It's something that generally people have all had for a few years. Of course, you can have your first ever season of allergies, particularly when you move to a new area. Let's say you're uh, you know, from another part of the world and come in to live in Toronto, Ontario. The plants and things may be different. So about after three to four uh, seasons, you'll start noticing a very set pattern of some months affecting you more than others. The symptoms are very similar between a viral uh, infection and an allergy. Typically for an allergy, though, there is no uh, fever involved. Although allergies predispose you to an infection, it doesn't necessarily uh, behave exactly like an infection in terms of whether or not it can elicit a fever. Now, the other tip-offs may be that allergies doesn't usually produce green or yellow gunk that comes out of your nose. We call this purulent nasal discharge. So if you have that, chances are it's probably not an allergy. Allergies is usually associated with itchiness, whether it be itchiness of the eyes, itchiness of the roof of the throat or palate. Um, the, sometimes the roof of the mouth is also affected. Other symptoms that may tip you off are uh, frequent trains of sneezing. Although trains of sneezing can also happen with an infection, usually it's a very pronounced uh, pattern. Again, the other pattern I look for are, is it worse in the morning or daytime or nighttime? Sometimes that can be a tip-off uh, that if it's predominantly at one time in the day, that it's an allergy. Now let's look at uh, different antihistamines. The main thing to know about antihistamine purchases is try not to use a first-generation antihistamine. These are things like Benadryl, uh, diphenhydramine, chlorotriprolon, um, other things like Atorax or hydroxazine is the other name for it. These antihistamines are okay antihistamines, but they cause a lot of side effects. Predominantly sedation and changes in sleep quality. Also, some people who are predisposed to some heart rhythm problems, they may get a problem called uh, torsidopoines or uh, as a result of QTC prolongation, which is an abnormal uh, electrical conduction of the heart. So for this reason, um, I definitely uh, almost never recommend the first generation antihistamines, except for in very special circumstances. The second generation antihistamines that are available over the counter are Reactin or Zyrtec in the US. Uh, this is a, the parent compound or generic name is called Cetirizine. Now, Claritin and Arius are also other antihistamines. These tend to be a little bit uh, less sedating. 
Um, although all of them can cause sedation in some group of uh, people or a small subset, I should say. Claritin is the immediate uh, precursor compound to uh, Arius. So Claritin is uh, loratadine, whereas Arius is desloratadine. Uh, desloratadine tends to work a little bit faster than Claritin because of this. You don't need the liver to change it or uh, digest uh, into active metabolites. There's other antihistamines available only by prescription, including a higher uh, strength reactant or Zyrtec, Cetirizine. Um, so check if these are not enough, obviously go to your doctor and see if some of the prescription ones may be right for you. Now, in most jurisdictions, nasal steroids are available. Um, this can be like something like Nasonex, for example. The other nose sprays like Ultravin or Dristan, these guys work by something called vasoconstriction. So they shrink the blood vessels in your nose when you spray them. They do work in relieving congestion, so that's stuffy nose problems. But typically, you want them to uh, be used on a very limited basis. So most guidelines for allergies say if it's for less than 10 days, you can use them. Why is this the case? Well, you can kind of get used to these drugs and you need more and more to get the same effect. And when you stop them, they often are associated with a rebound effect. And if you use them for a very long time, you end up with a different nose condition called rhinitis medicamentosa, otherwise known as uh, rhinitis caused by uh, medication use. So try to use them sparingly. I typically only use them uh, if I have a really bad uh, stuffy nose and uh, I have a lot of uh, congestion in my, uh, there and a lot of sinus pressure or pain and I'm boarding a flight. So uh, that's really the only situation I try to use them. Um, now the nasal steroids, they'll work by essentially knocking down the immune response. So allergies is usually an abnormal immune response or an overactive immune response or, or a dysregulated immune response. So you want to just try to take the legs out of that uh, if possible. Nasal steroids are, tend to be uh, more effective for controlling symptoms, particularly for congestion as well as runny nose. Uh, but um, they don't have that side effect of tachyphylaxis, meaning that you don't get used to it, and there's no rebound effect when you stop it either. So um, these are pretty good, and they are generally well tolerated. The most common side effect I see with nose sprays are uh, nose bleeding or what we call epistaxis. Try to avoid hitting the middle of the nose. That's where most of your blood vessels are. Uh, so aim toward the outside, the outside ear on that side. And you should be okay for the most part. Now, people always ask me, can I take these for a long time? Uh, the answer is generally yes, but like all medications, they do have some long-term increased side effects. Uh, you know, if you use them every single day for many years, uh, your lifetime risk of cataracts and glaucoma does go up. So just be careful of that, if, especially if there's already a family history. Um, I think that about uh, sums it up. Other things you might see over the counter are like nasal strips. They have some modest benefit, um, especially if it's causing you to have problems uh, sleeping at night. The other thing you want to consider, though, is um, uh, with respect to the nasal saline rinses, I emphasize the clean water. But I should also say that you want to get something like a squeeze bottle form of the Neomed or HydroSense or whatever bottle system you have. 
Uh, neti pots, although they've been around for a long time and people have been using them forever, you have to do these sort of funny uh, movements and funny head positions to uh, truly irrigate all the uh, uh, sinuses well. Whereas for the bottle, I find it's much more convenient just to apply a gentle squeeze uh, and alternating the nostrils. Hopefully that helps you and uh, hope you guys enjoyed my very first podcast.